Good morning. I'm really glad you joined us online right now. Patient endurance is moving toward a goal in the midst of adversity. If you choose patience, you will make the right kind of progress in life. People react differently to turbulence in an airplane. Some start shaking. Uh, others are calm. And there's a spectrum everywhere in between those two extremes. Your attitude toward turbulence in life is the key to building a good life. Patient endurance is not waiting out a storm. When the plane is in the air, you can't pull over and wait out a storm. You have to keep going through the turbulence. If you don't learn to be patient and endure trouble, you will likely stall out in life like a plane that tries to park and wait out a storm. That plane crashes. The fact is that Jesus told us to expect adversity. John 16:33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We should not be surprised by calamity. In the world, you will have tribulation. Jesus told, to, told us to expect trouble, tribulations in the world. And we will see how, in this message, how God wants to use the trouble to our advantage. Webster's number one definition of patient is bearing pains or trials calmly and without complaint. It, it also means being steadfast despite opposition, provocation, difficulty, or adversity. The goal of suffering is to go through trials without complaining about them. And you need God's help and perspective for that, for sure. Um, the Bible shows us how to do this, and it has a very different perspective on trials and tribulations. The Bible shows us that God wants to use adversity to build patience and strengthen our hope. The Lord takes us through a process when trouble strikes, that builds us up if we rely on him. Proverbs, uh, Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. We also rejoice in our sufferings. Sufferings in this passage is defined as a pressing down, pressure, or anything that burdens the spirit. 
God uses the pressure in our lives to call us back to rely on him. 2 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9 says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we are so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired even of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely on ourselves, not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. I I typically don't trust the Lord the first thing. But God uses the pressure in my life to call me back to faith, and I end up relying on him. Affliction, uh, in this passage, is the same Greek word for suffering used in Romans 5. It means a pressing down, pressure, or anything that burdens the spirit. God uses suffering to build us up. When God has used the process to build us up through suffering, our attitude should change towards suffering. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance is the word hupomone, uh, which is defined as... Uh, the Greek word is defined as the ability to bear up under difficult circumstances. Let's face, let's face it. Life on earth is chocked full of difficult circumstances. Earth is earth and heaven is heaven and we aren't in heaven yet. Perseverance produces character. Character in this passage means to test the genuineness of something, and God uses suffering uh, to test the genuineness of our faith and our character. When you're under pressure, that's when your real character comes out. If our faith can hold on up under the trials and troubles, it builds character because we can go through trials without complaining. The end goal is to produce hope in us, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. God in the Holy Spirit is right there with us. And he pours his love into our hearts so that we can bear up under the trouble. He does this through the Holy Spirit, who is our helper and helps us to bear up under the weight of our burdens. We can have patient endurance because of the work God does in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. I, I want to encourage you to take a next step. Cooperate with God so that through the trouble, he builds patience and hope in you. 
Ask the Lord if you need to take this step right now. Let's look at what it means to have patient endurance. It it means that we refuse to lose heart. Uh, James 5, 7, and 8 says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Life is a lot like uh, farming. We want joy, and we want it right now, but the amount of joy we have is determined by the seeds we have planted in our relationships, parenting, finances, decisions, and response to trouble, and with our family and with our friends. The seeds you sow often take weeks, months, or years to bear fruit, especially if you're digging out of a hole and trying to rebuild trust. Patience is taking courage when waiting and dealing with the troubles you're facing in life. We want things right now. Microwave popcorn is easy for us, but it took months to prepare the soil, cultivate the soil, irrigate the soil, harvest it, and turn the kernels in to popcorn, which can be heated up in the microwave. We must be patient with how much time it takes to bear the fruit of a harvest of good things. And the second thing we need, it means to have patient endurance, is stay focused on our purpose. Jesus in the parable of the sower said, Luke 8.15, As for that in the good soil, those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart bear and bear the fruit with patience. In every aspect, of life. We bear fruit with patience. This is God's purpose for Christ followers to bear much fruit. And so this is how we prove to be his disciples. You can't manufacture fruit. It takes time to to grow. You you can manufacture resin grapes in a day. These resin grapes were popular when I was growing up. Several of my friends' moms likely had them in their houses. This was a grape made out of resin. If you bite into one of these, uh, you you could break your teeth. You can't manage manufacture real fruit 
it it takes about a year uh to produce fruit. I planted an avocado tree one time and I realized after calculating it would not bear fruit for about a year and a half. <laughs> um the Bible says that perseverance, patience, is necessary for uh, Christians to bear the fruit of Christ's likeness. We must cooperate with God through the process of building character and hope in us, and then he builds steadfastness in us patience in us. Here is another step that you can take. Patient endurance involves the following. You must refuse to lose heart and stay focused on your purpose. Consider if you need to take that step right now. Next, Jesus shows us how to have patient endurance in facing in in adversity. Hebrews 12, 1 and 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He's working with us to perfect our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart we must throw off everything that weighs us down it it is so easily in to get entangled into sin when we're under pressure we think it's excusable and anybody would do the same thing if they were under this kind of pressure but jesus didn't he was without sin, and he is our example that we should follow. We need to ask ourselves, what sin is weighing us down? Think it over right now and ask yourself, what do you need to throw off that is keeping you from following Jesus wholeheartedly? We should fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus led the way for all Christ followers to endure and to show us how to endure. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart.
we refuse to lose heart and grow weary because Jesus showed us how to not do that. We can know that God cares for us in our trials and we can cast our burden on him. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. We don't complain because we expect the trouble to come and we have, God has helped us have a different perspective on trouble and we can cast our anxieties on Jesus and He cares for us. I'm going to wrap up this series with a synergy of the attitudes of success. First of all, fear of the Lord. It sets the direction for our lives and the boundaries within which real success will occur. If you fear the Lord, you will stay within the guardrails of righteousness and justice and along the paths of wisdom and to success in life. It, it, wisdom is a successful life, according to God. And it puts us, fearing the Lord, puts us in a humble state. Enabling humility. If you fear God, you are humble before him. You don't think you know more than God himself. And the third thing it does is it opens our eyes to learn. John 7.17 says, If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God He's speaking about his teaching or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. Getting direction from God requires a prior decision to obey. Why would he give you direction if you aren't going to do what he says? He he won't do that. (laughs) Now, next, let's see how trust and the Lord affects our success in a life. It, it enables us to stay within God's boundaries, even when it's hard. When you trust God, you don't take shortcuts. The world does. Because you want to please God above everything else. You are patient and keep obeying God because you know that God will come through for you. You you trust him. Trusting God also sets the stage for us to humble ourselves when we have to rely on God to make it through life. That's humbling to rely on God. We're we're not natively wired that way. Deuteronomy eight, fifteen and sixteen. Who led you? This is God speaking about God. Who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. 
who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. If you don't choose humility, God will humble you and test you to do you good. God is for us, not against us. And he wants to do us good. Other things that come from trusting the Lord is learning. You you will learn because trusting the Lord humbles you. In endurance is another thing. You endure because you trust God to do good to you. Third, humility prepares us to be teachable, ready to learn. God's ways from him. Uh, Psalm 25, 9 says, He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. The Lord only teaches the humble his way, and he opposes the proud. That's that's not a good to oppose. It's not good that God opposes the proud. Humility also uh, helps you learn better ways from the wise. The wise don't give their gems to the foolish. You must earn the trust of the wise to be taught by them. Fourth, teachability enables us to choose better ways. Teachability is the only legitimate shortcut that saves time and money. And it helps you abandon effective, defective ways. Teachability helps you abandon foolish and defective ways so that you make real progress in life. That's one of the definitions of prosper in the Bible. You make the right kind of progress in life. And you endure in the right ways. It keeps us from stubbornly pursuing the wrong ways. Proverbs 13, 19 says, Satisfied desire is sweet to a person. Therefore, it is hateful and exceedingly offensive to self-confident fools to give up evil upon which they have set their hearts. When, when you are not teachable, you stubbornly refuse to give up evil ways, wrong ways of doing things. Patient endurance enables us to achieve a harvest, avoiding pitfalls and traps, foolish action uh, in response to provocation, uh, a quick-tempered man uh, acts foolishly, 
it it helps us avoid uh, poorly laid plans. We don't get into haste. The plans of the diligent lead to abundance, but the hasty person comes to poverty. And it helps us avoid premature commitments. It is a snare to make commitments rashly and to only think things through after making a vow. It also helps us, patient endurance helps us avoid the abandonment of a project out of discouragement and uh, from the adversity we're facing. If we're patient, Proverbs 16, 9 says, we will endure to the end and not abandon the project right before the harvest comes in. I thought it would be good to show you uh, how these attitudes work together in synergy. If you do these attitudes, they they do work together and they bring synergy to your life. If you choose the perspective of the Bible, you bear up under trials without complaint. I have some next steps for you to apply the message. For the first time, I accept what Jesus did on the cross for me to forgive my sins and commit my life to follow him as Lord. This is the first step to following Christ's lead in bearing up under suffering. And then the other steps, which I've already mentioned, cooperate with God so that through the trouble, he builds patience and hope, hope in you. And be patient and endure through trials. Refuse to lose heart. Stay focused on our purpose when calamity strikes. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the way you help us. You, you use our trouble and tribulation. To build us up. That's an amazing thing. And we are so grateful for that. I am so grateful for that. And I I pray that you would help us to change our attitude towards suffering. In James 1, 2, you say, count it all joy. And help us to learn to count it joy when we go through suffering and trouble. I I ask you to give us the strength to take these next steps, and I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.